morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. I'm Tom Short, so glad to have you along today on this Thursday morning where we're going to talk about some very interesting things about atheism. Now, I don't know about you, but how many, how many people you've talked to are atheists? I can't prove this, but I think there aren't very many people in this whole country who've debated with atheists more than I have. And I've learned a lot about them. And one thing is, atheists tend to have a deep desire to prove that they're morally good people. You know, I think it's within every person, even those who deny God, they want to be good people. Of course, we'll talk later in another session about why, why we want to be good and we're not. But people want to be good. It's interesting, I was also taught years ago that Jesus was very hard on the religious people and very gentle on the non-religious people. I don't think that's really accurate. I think where Jesus had his strongest conflict was with the self-righteous people. And in his day, they, those tended to be the Pharisees, the religious people. They were self-righteous, trusting in their own righteousness. They kept the law. They were good people. But I found in our day, in our culture, religious people, a lot of them tend to be more humble and quick to admit their sin. But those who deny God have this drive to want to say they're good people. And so I often get asked on campus this question. I, I, this, assert, there's, this assertion is often made. They say, Tom, I'm, I'm an atheist, but I'm a better person than most Christians I know. Now, I'm not going to get into the self-righteousness, and, the, and these would be the same people who would contend we should never judge another, and yet they're judging themselves to be more righteous than others. What's behind that? Why do people have this drive, this need to prove themselves to be good people? Well, that leads to the question, Tom, do you think, do you think that I, that a person can be good without religion or without God. And they're, they're arguing that religious people, you and I, the only reason we're good is because we're afraid God's going to judge us. We're afraid if we're not good, God's going to send us to hell. Whereas they assert they're good without needing the threat of God being against us. Of course, they show here a complete misunderstanding of our motivation and a complete misunderstanding of the gospel. You and I know that the reason we want to be good and pleasing to God is we respond to his love. We love because he first loved us. This is my motivation. If Christ did this for me, if Christ died for my sins, if Christ loved me this much, my goodness, I want to love him in return. I want to please him. He's conquered me by his love, not by his threats. And that's how we want to be motivated and so forth. But what the atheist misses, he misses so much here. The Christian gospel is not about am I good enough, but am I forgiven, first of all. The Christian gospel is not that I, I, I serve God because I feel threatened, but because I love him, second of all. But what he misses also is who defines what's good. This is a significant question. When, they, when someone asserts that they are good or better than others, if you don't believe in God, you don't believe there's a God who defines what's good. 
Well, some would say society defines what's good. And by that definition, I would agree. There are many atheists who pay their taxes, don't cheat on their wife, don't rob, don't steal. And in that sense, they can be considered a good person by society. But of course, society set the bar pretty low. Society's just said, you know, you're not a criminal. And you're, if that's the standard, are there atheists who aren't criminals? Of course. Well, how about the other standard then? If we go higher than that, maybe they set the standard for themselves. And this is what an atheist would tend to do. He sets the standard for what's good and for what's right. And, and whether you're atheist or not, <laughs> here's the problem. We tend to set the standard of what's good or bad based on how we live our life. I know back before I was a Christian myself, before I was saved myself, if you asked me about the Ten Commandments, I, I would think I was a good person. And I would think I was good enough to be approved by God and go to heaven. But if you were to ask me, like, of the Ten Commandments, Tom, you ever lied? Yeah. You ever cursed God's name? Yeah. You ever dishonor your parents? Yeah. Do you ever steal anything? Yeah. But I've never murdered anybody. The only people who go to hell are the people who do the commandment I haven't done. The only ones who go to hell are the ones who broke the commandment I haven't broken. God understands that we all lie and dishonor our parents, and, but the only one who gets in big trouble is those who break the commandment I haven't. See, this is what the atheist will do too. He'll have all kinds of flaws in his life, all kinds of sins in his life, but he'll look at the one he hasn't committed and say, see, I haven't done that. I'm a good person. We don't set the standard. You know, on, on, in, a, in a courtroom, the judge decides guilt or innocence, or the jury decides guilt or innocence, not the person on trial. And likewise with us, we don't decide the standard. But if you don't have God, if you've taken God out of your life, then yes, society sets the standard, or you set the standard of what's a good person, and you usually set it so that you can attain it and consider yourself to be good. Again, this is the heart of what self-righteousness is. Rather than looking at God's standards, we look at our own. And so this comes to the third one. If society could set a standard, or we could set our own standard, but remember, on Judgment Day, and in reality, the law that is in our hearts, that is innate within us, given us by God, it says in Romans 2, the innate law within us finds that there's none of us righteous. No not even one. If God sets the standard, here's what he says. Romans 3 and beginning with verse 10. There is none righteous, not even one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they've become useless. There's none who does good. There's not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, the path of peace they've not known, and there is no fear of God in their eyes. Well, of course, this one, this one slays us all, does it not? This one shows us all that we need not to be good enough, but to be saved, to be forgiven, to be brought to God. The, the, the law, keep in mind also, when we talk about what is good, 
and the person who contends they can be good without God, they don't need religion or they don't need God to be good, again, they're trying to contend that they don't need some God standing over them with a stick threatening to punish them to be moral in their behavior. But, but once again, if you define what is proper behavior, we've got to start with the very first commandment of all, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and some would contend, I don't need God to be good, but, but the first definition of being good is to love God. And if you don't believe in God, you certainly don't love him. God defines goodness. It begins with a proper relationship with God begins with humbling ourselves and loving the Lord. From there, it springs out that we love our fellow man. We love our neighbor as ourselves. Folks, none of us are good. All of us need salvation. And none of us dare want to contend I'm self-righteous, that I'm good enough. We Christians certainly don't believe that. And we don't contend that our goodness saves us. It's Jesus Christ. He's the one who rescues us. He's the one who saves us. No matter who you are, we don't define it. God does. And because God defines good, we all fall short. And that's why he sent Jesus to save us all. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness. And we just say there's none like you. You alone are righteous. You alone are holy. You alone are exalted above all. You've made us in your image, but we've fallen so short. We've sinned against you. We've broken your laws. Lord, we confess that we're, we're, so, we, we're guilty people. And so we don't claim to be righteous in and of ourselves. We don't claim that, that we're good. or We don't compare ourselves and say, I'm better than you or not as good as another. We say, I'm not what, I'm, what I was intended to be. And so we come to you for salvation. We come to Jesus Christ for forgiveness. We come to Jesus Christ to, to, to begin this process of renovating us, after you have reconciled us to the Father. And so, Father, we bless you today. We thank you that you have made a way for sinners to be saved. Jesus, that you came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we thank you found us. How we pray today for those that we know who don't know you, our friends, our family, they don't know you. And so often they're, they're in this deep, deep compulsion to say they're good enough this drive to say that they're not bad people. And yet, Lord, you've, you've told us that the first step to true salvation and truly a new life is to admit, I am a sinner. I need forgiveness. I need salvation. I am guilty. And to simply reach out and, Father, if we do, thank you, you're quick to forgive. You don't hold it over us. You don't demand we jump through so many hoops. You're quick to forgive. You're a good God, your loving kindness extends to the heavens. We thank you. We bless you. Thank you, those of us who know you. Our sins are buried in the deepest sea, separated as far as the east from the west, that you've made us clean and whole and new today. Thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. You have made us secure, not because of our performance, but because of yours, that we are accepted in Christ. We're not accepted because we met up to a standard or or measured up to something today, we're accepted because we are in Christ, our Savior who rescued us. And we bless you for that today. Lord, today help us to walk as children of God. Help us to live as the children of God. Help us, Lord, to walk in the victory that you have secured for us at the cross. Help us, Lord, to be filled with your joy, 
for this is our strength. Help us, Lord, to overcome evil with good. Help us, Lord, not to let any circumstance or any person drag us down, but to rise above those, those people who want to drag us down, those circumstances that want to make us feel bad. Help us to rise above, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We give you this day. We thank you that you're with us, surrounding us with blessing, leading our footsteps to people you want us to love and serve today. We bless you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. If you're new today, a special welcome to you. I hope you do subscribe and hit the notify button. If you're back day by day, God bless you. I love you guys. And remember, you come here every day, get into the word of God every day. Bit by bit, our lives are being built, strengthened, encouraged as we build God's word into our lives. So I hope you join me every day and uh, become stronger. You'll become stronger in the, in the Lord. I can promise that because of the promises of God's word. He sees we come here. He sees we make time to do this. You could be doing something else. Plenty of funny stuff to watch on YouTube, but you're showing that you mean business for God. So thanks for being here. God bless you. You have a good day, and I'll see you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Bye-bye.